Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome to WTIC's Pet Talk. Today, Lori Fast takes your pet behavior questions. This is a show for you and your best friend. Call in now at 522-WTIC, 1-800-966-WTIC, or star WTIC from your cell phone if you have AT&T Wireless. And now, Pet Talk. Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of Pet Talk. You're listening to Lori Fass, and I'm here today to talk to you about your pet's behavior. And this is a call-in show. I am here live in the studio, so you are certainly welcome to call in. The call-in number here is 860-522-WTIC, which translates to 860-522-9842. So if you call in early, then I most certainly can get to your call. Uh, Maybe if you call in later, I'll get to your call, but definitely if you call in early, I can. And I always share with people my website information, which is Lori Fass Dog Training. And that, if you want to contact me off the air, it has my phone number, it has my email address, I post when I'm teaching group classes. I also post when I'm going to be on the air, so if you want to know when I'm going to be on the air, you can check that. And as I always mention, this is an unusual Saturday show in that the format of the show keeps alternating between myself and Dr. Andrea Dennis from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital, and she, of course, handles the more health-related questions. Uh, But I don't know that there's any live show here that is like that where you have you know one perspective alternating with another but this show does that so just so you know putting it out there anyway uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk about today is the idea of what dogs and cats eat what their nutrition is what their weight is and how that might have a direct impact on their behavior Uh, certainly what you're feeding your pet is going to have a direct impact on their health but I, I don't know that people necessarily think of it as something that could be direct 
directly impacting their behavior. And one of the reasons I wanted to talk about it, aside from the fact that, you know, often I'll pick topics that um, come up during the week where I'm talking to various of my own students, um, but also since we're around holiday times and um, during holiday times, people want to share holiday food with their pets. And if you're sharing something with your pet, I have a couple of suggestions. There's nothing wrong with sharing what I would consider healthy options like lean meat, um, vegetables, um, you know, things that would be healthy for your dog or cat. But I really strongly suggest that if you're going to do that, you put it aside and then give it to your pet when you want to give it to them in their food or um, when you designate doing it for a couple of reasons. One reason is that, um, you know, you don't want your dog necessarily or even your cats, some cats will do this, to hanging around, bothering people, begging. Um, And even if you had that under control where, you know, the dog's not being too obnoxious and is just kind of cutely sitting there, Um, if you have guests and they start handing out um, food and snacks and you don't even know this is going on, it can get really out of hand. Um, I one time had, uh, I was having some people over and one of my son's friends kept giving little bits of food to one of my dogs who happened to be a five pound chihuahua. And uh, I told him, don't do that. <laughs> and he's he was used to big dogs. And what he was giving her was probably not more than a mouthful for a big dog. But for a little five-pound dog, um, you know, a couple of heaping tablespoons of food is all she's going to eat for the entire day. So if he's there handing out, you know, this piece of meat and this piece of bread, and I don't even know what he was giving her, but, you know, he didn't listen to me and he kept sneaking it. And by the time he got done with that, later that day, she just absolutely threw up. So, um, you know, if you're having an animal just hang around and you've got company and you don't know who's doing what, uh, your animal is liable to get a lot more than maybe what you intended for them to get. And so, you know, under those circumstances, it's probably a good idea to just keep your pet away from the table altogether. And if, But if you do want to give them something, I think extra add-in healthy food is actually beneficial for your pet. Uh, Sometimes people will say to me, oh, I'm, you know, I only give my dog dog food. I never give my dog people food. Well, you know what? Human grade food is actually superior to some of the stuff that gets passed off in pet food. So it's not like there's, you know, some planet dog where only dog food and only cat food comes from. The problem is when people give too much or they give um, inappropriate uh, food to their pet. Not that you're giving human food. Human food, if it's the right food, is actually helpful as an add-in. And um, it's just, you know, you have to keep it in some sort of a balance. Okay. So uh, one of the things that... um, I found, which I think is really interesting, is, you know, in in determining what your dog should eat and how much they should eat, you need to have some sort of an idea of whether or not your dog is eating the right amount. And so obviously you don't want your pet to be underweight and you don't want your pet to be overweight. But what I find interesting about that is that um, a lot of times people can't tell. Um, I I remember fairly recently telling somebody uh, who had a little tiny Yorkie, did you notice that your dog is really thin? 
Her ribs are sticking out. She looks very frail and unhealthy. And uh, the person who, you know, loves her pet really had no idea that this was going on. She, she couldn't discern this. And then I've had other people whose dogs are very overweight. Um, and they just, again, they couldn't tell. They couldn't see that their dog was overweight. And so, you know, and then sometimes people will give you advice like, um, you know, not to pick on anyone in particular. And, and I'm not because um, – the the people that I'm referencing now, I don't even know where they are anymore, but I've had people tell me that their veterinarians have said, your dog is really overweight. And, you know, a lot of times they're right, but in some instances, their dog really isn't overweight. And I think there's kind of a range of what would be okay and what wouldn't be okay. So if you're seeing if your dog or cat is a good weight, you should be able to feel their ribs, not jutting out, but you should feel, you know, without having to gouge into the side of their body. And you should see some sort of indentation on the side, not all sucked in like, you know, some kind of, you know, I don't know what, so they've got a corset on. But if you don't see some kind of a shape to them, then chances are, yeah, okay, maybe they are a little overweight. Or if their their belly is sticking out bigger than their chest, yeah, that means they're overweight, okay? So using a little bit of common sense to determine that, and as I said, some of these things can affect an animal's behavior. So uh, we're going to get back into that, but I'm going to take a call, and let's see if I can connect this. Hi, is this Dennis? Yes. Oh, Hello. good. I got. I pushed the right button. Yay. <laughs> okay. Right. All right. What can I help you with? Um, I think I spoke with you maybe like a month or so ago. Okay. And um, it was concerning. I have two cats. And they both go outside. Okay. About it. And um, I was wondering if there's some sort of tracking device, like a GPS system. Yeah, there actually is. <laughs> okay. Uh, people used to ask me this years ago, and there wasn't. But now there absolutely is. All right. And um, I don't know. Let me just check my notes, because I did actually at some point take some notes on this as to what would be a good system. But you can, uh, I, I think that, I don't want to take up too much time looking at my crazy notes here, but what I do remember of a system that was a good system was one that wasn't particularly expensive, but one of the features that it had is you had to um, subscribe to a service. Okay, okay, yeah. And the service wasn't like outrageously expensive, but this was somebody who had, you know, written up on you know, which one, what the good points and the bad points of, of these systems are. And it usually connects to your phone. And yeah. um, you can set it up where if your pet goes outside of a certain range, then you get alerted. And actually, I knew somebody that had one of these things, and their beagle ran away, and they absolutely found their beagle. They, they, so it worked great. So, yeah, those beagles are hard to find. I yeah. <laughs> so... You know, there are things that are like that, definitely, and they apparently do work. So, you know, I can't recommend a brand in particular, so I would just suggest that you do research. But um, they do exist. They do work. And, yeah, you can absolutely get that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's basically I want to know where they are. And I have one that just um, – he, he just disappears, so I don't know where he goes. He's only – he's about to – he's going to turn two in June. And um, I know that when I had him get his shocks and when he and when he was neutered, um, we put a chip in him. Yeah. But I'd like to be able to know where he is. He usually he 
he's just going from the his winter schedule, which is he's out all day and in at night, to now he's moving over towards he's just turned into the spring schedule where he's um, out all day, uh, or um, and in at or out all night and in and sleeps during. Yeah, the day. well, if you want to know where he is, uh, you can get one of these collars, and yeah. uh, you can track where he is. Yeah, they exist. Exactly. They work. Um, I'm just not the right person to say what brand in particular, but I think if you did some online research, you could figure it out. And yeah, oh. go for it. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Okay. Well, good luck. And if you get one, you can call back and tell me how it works. Okay. Deal. I certainly. Will. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Take care. Bye bye now. Okay, we have Mike on hold. Do we need to go to a break, or can I talk to Mike? All right, so we're going to talk to Mike. Hi, Mike. Uh, how are you? I'm good. What can I do for you? Our dog, um, if we give him, uh, like, a bone or a ball or something like that, mm-hmm. he'll play with it, but then he becomes very protective of it and barks and growls. He won't give it back to you. No, you can take you can take the ball right away from him. He won't bite you or anything. Okay. But he's aggressive. Seems very aggressive. Okay, so let and me just understand what you're saying. Okay, you're saying that he he acts like he's going to be aggressive because he growls and barks and acts all tough guy. But when push comes to shove, you can take it from him. Is that accurate? Correct. Okay, and what kind of a dog is he? He's a lapsu opposite. Okay, he's a small dog. Okay, lapsus can be very territorial and protective. That's sort of part of their personality. But what I would do is, um, you know, maybe turn when if you want to take a ball from him and you get him to give it to you, do you then throw it for him again? Yes. Okay, and so he just acts all crazy. And and how long does it take for you to get it from him? All I got to do is put my hand there and take it. Okay, so he's really not guarding it. He's just making a lot of noise, it sounds like to me. How do you know that right. this isn't part of the game? Um, because if we uh, are downstairs and he's upstairs and we start walking upstairs, he starts going into you know a growling, barking, and we'll like, cover the whatever it is he has. With his chest, so his head's over it. Okay. And his chest, chest is like right against. And if you go up to him to try and take it at that point, can you? Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so I shouldn't laugh, but you know, I mean, really, sometimes. How long have you had this dog? Let me ask you that. Five and a half years. All right. So he's never bitten you. He's never argued about it. He just puts on this big show. Is that? A fair statement? Okay. Well, you know, I think the bottom line is if you can take it from him and he lets you do it. If he wants to be all melodramatic and uh, act like he's going to do some horrible thing, I don't even know if it matters. Okay. I mean, what you might want to do is practice doing it, and then when he lets you have it, tell him he's a good boy. Or if you want to add something, like tell him, go, and he has to move away. And if you were going to teach him that, he would be trailing something, like a leash or a rope that you can pick up, and you tell him, go, and then just move him away. So the more accustomed he is to just leaving it alone... Um, as as a, as a rule and as an activity, uh, the less 
dramatic maybe he might be about it, but some dogs um, act like, you know, they're some there's a big deal here and they're you know they're just being dramatic i mean there's no other way to put it so the fact that he's acting like he's going to do something but he doesn't but but he doesn't part is the important part of the picture here right yeah so he just you know he just acts likes to act all crazy but that but he's not doing it he's not carrying it out so he's like one of those people that you know you take them out to lunch and they never like anything on the menu and they've got to complain about everything and they're contrary and they just bitch and moan all day so (laughs) but they're actually nice you know that's kind of what he's all about so honestly in Uh his case i don't even think i'd worry about it Uh uh-huh okay now let me ask you this if we put him on the couch with us he, we have to like hold him by his collar to have him stay there. Well, why does it matter if he's on the couch? Well, because you know, so we could pet him or something like that. Well, that's his choice. I mean, if he doesn't yeah. want to sit on the couch with you, uh, I don't see any reason why you'd have to force him to do that. That should be something that he enjoys. That's something. Well, okay, maybe you enjoy it, but you know, if he do, he only wants to be pet a certain amount, and he's not all that kind of a cuddly dog, then leave him alone. Why? Why would you force okay. him? It just seems like it just I've had like five dogs. This is my fifth. Yeah. He's like the first one that's been like this. Well, he's a different dog. True. So you can't expect him to act like your other dogs. And that's his personality. So, you know, you can force him on the couch all you want, but he's not going to all of a sudden decide, yeah, I like this. And I don't again, I don't see what difference it makes. If he doesn't want to sit there, then fine. Who cares? He's more independent, okay? So I don't think yeah. it. I don't think it matters really. Okay. Okay. Very good. I All right. Thank you. Okay, Mike. Have a great day. You Bye-bye. too now. Bye bye. Okay, I think now we need to go to a break, and we will be right back. What's that I smell? Is somebody cooking Johnny cake. Maybe it's fish cake. It sure smells good though. Use a little ackee and rice right about now. <laughs> Walking fast, no place to go. Sniffing things, what I don't know. Turn left, looking all right. Building up my appetite. Hello and welcome back to WTIC's Pet Talk. Um, I was talking earlier about um, dogs and cats who might be overweight, who might be underweight, um, how diet can affect, well, health. Uh, If an animal is overweight, they very likely could have uh, joint problems. Uh, um, They're subject to a lot of similar kinds of illnesses that humans might get. Um, But one of the things that uh, could affect an animal's weight is whether or not they have a thyroid problem. So, for example, if your cat is really thin, uh, you want to check for hyperthyroidism. If your dog tends to gain a lot of weight and especially lose hair, they may be uh, lacking in thyroid. They may be hypothyroid. Both of those things need a visit to your vet. Um, but uh, I was talking about, you know, there's a range of healthy weight. It doesn't exactly have to narrow down to a real specific thing. And sometimes people get a little crazy on trying to uphold some, I'm going to call it an unrealistic idea of what that is. And um, 
I know I'm going to, we're going to, I think, I think we're going to have to go to a hard break in a sec. Is that right? Okay. So I can't get into too many details, but when I come back, I want to just explain some of the consequences of what might happen, um, particularly if your dog is underweight and uh, what kind of behavior issues with your dog or your cat. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this break. Where the bayous wind And them gators swim Sometime late last night When the moon was dim Someone left this light Much against his will Hello, and welcome back to WTIC's Pet Talk. You're listening to the Behavior Edition. My name is Lori Fass. You can call in at 860-522-WTIC, which is 860-522-9800. Or you can contact me by checking out my website, LoriFastDogTraining.com. Can't get to a phone, you didn't think of the question, or you just want to look up some other information, you can go to my website. So one of the things that I was talking about today is how your dog or cat's weight or nutrition or what you're feeding them can affect their behavior. So one of the things that a lot of people talk about, they're worrying about their animal being overweight, but sometimes they take it too far. So years ago, I had a German Shepherd who usually weighed about, we'll say, 80 pounds. And I decided I'm going to get him down to some real cool-looking weight, runway ready. So I took off maybe five pounds. And uh, I was doing conditioning, and I was, you know, being real meticulous about not any extra snacks. And, you know, he did look really good. And you know what? He was also really miserable. He was pacing around. He had trouble settling. Um, He seemed more anxious to me. And on an 80-pound dog, five pounds here or there, does it really make that much difference? Well, you know what? When I said, okay, I'm really not doing this anymore, and I let him get back up to 80 pounds, he was a happier dog. There was no question about it. Um, And another story similar to that, which is kind of funny, is uh, years ago, um, a friend of a friend had four schnauzers. I never met her dogs before. She had a cottage um, and it was down south. Her cottage had the pipes broke. She had to emergency leave. And she asked me if I'd watch her dogs for her. And okay, I, I agreed. And luckily, they all knew their own names. So, you know, if anybody needed some special medication, I could just say their name. <laughs> they would tell me who they were. So she left very meticulous directions. And one of the things was how much food they should eat. So her directions said, Feed the dogs half a cup of food twice a day. And uh, and again, they're schnauzers, so I took that to mean they get a half of a cup of food in the morning, and then they get a half a cup of food at night. And so the first day or two that I had them, I thought, oh, my God, these dogs are really into their food. They were gobbling it down like no tomorrow. And maybe by day three, they kind of slowed it down a little bit and started eating at a more normal pace. And so when she came back five days later, and keep in mind, this is somebody that's into show dogs. So she has this, you know, very rigid standard of exactly what her dog should look like. 
Um, she said, what have you done to my dog? And I said, well, I don't know what you're talking about. And she said, uh, they look like they've put on all this weight. This is horrible. And I said, well, what have you been feeding them? And I said, I did exactly what you said. You said feed them half a cup of food twice a day. That's what I've been doing. And she said, no, I meant feed them half a cup of food a day total. So they would have gotten a quarter of a cup in the morning and a quarter of a cup in the evening. And that's what she expected me to feed them. And yeah, okay, you know, maybe at that weight they would have looked better. I don't know. But I can tell you right now, they were not happy about it. And they were real thrilled to be able to get some extra food. And so that's an example of, you know, trying to maintain this really high, almost like an anorexic standard of what your pet should look like. Now, sometimes when an animal is really underweight, uh, they have parasite problems. And this is something that um, sometimes I have to work hard to convince people to do, particularly if they've done a stool sample check. And the problem with doing a stool sample, bringing it to your vet, having them check, is they're not real accurate. And how do I know this? Well, um, I've had animals that it's a negative, it's a negative, it's a negative. And I say, you know what? I'm going to worm them anyway. And after worming them, their stool becomes consistent. It's not intermittent looseness. Um, teary eye business disappears. Their weight, their demeanor becomes more regulated. They have an easier time sleeping through the night. Because uh, imagine if you've got parasites, they might possibly be keeping you up at night. And so you know, that's something that I just encourage people to do because if your dog goes especially to doggy daycare or a dog park or just even being outside, the likelihood of them picking up parasites is really high. So if you don't regularly do that, uh, you could very likely have a problem. And I have dewormed animals that supposedly were dewormed or supposedly tested negative only to find that when they're pooping, it I can literally see stuff coming out of them. So, you know, that is something that's going, if an animal is uncomfortable, it's going to affect their behavior. And if you're keeping your animal really thin, they're very likely to start eating things that are inappropriate. If they have parasites, they might be antsy. They, again, might be starting to eat things that are inappropriate. And that's uh, true for dogs and for cats. I remember... Um, somebody called me, it was quite a while ago, they had an Alaskan Malamute, which is a big dog by any stretch of the imagination, and they're very fluffy. So sometimes when you're looking at a dog that's very fluffy, it's a little bit hard to discern, you know, what's fluff and what's dog. Sometimes really fluffy dogs, if they're wet, there's nothing left of them. And other times, you know, you wet them down, it's like, oh, hey, okay, there's quite a lot going on here. So anyway, she just decided and I don't remember the details because this was just a phone conversation, um, how much the dog weighed, those kind of details. But um, she told me the original point of the call was that her dog started chewing things up and eating paper and chewing on wood and doing things that the dog had never done before. And so I started questioning her, you know, because I ask a lot of questions. I've got to ask a lot of questions. Sometimes I don't have time to give people the full interrogation if they call into the show. But uh, what I ended up finding out was that she was putting her dog on a diet. And the diet consisted of giving her dog the same amount of food that I was supposed to be feeding these schnauzers. She was feeding this dog a half a cup of food a day. 
Now, years ago, I read an article that said if you pretty much fast your dog, you will not cause any sort of organ damage and they can survive that. And okay, that's great. So you're not going to kill your dog feeding them that amount of food. Uh, by the way, if you do something similar to your cat, you can actually cause some kind of organ damage. And I said, well, no wonder your dog is eating paper and wood and all that. Your, your dog is hungry. <laughs> I said, why do you feel the necessity to drop all this weight this rapidly? You know, what is your dog can't fit into their dress for the wedding reception or something? I mean, that's ridiculous. So in situations where a dog is maybe overweight, needs to drop a few pounds. We need to look at a new lifestyle, not just some, you know, let's drop a bunch of weight real fast. Uh, I remember fairly recently I had a dog that looked like a little rat terrier who needed to lose a few pounds. And this dog was eating maybe a cup of food a day. And I said, why don't you take out an eighth of a cup a day? And you could maybe bring it down to a, a take out um a quarter of a cup a day. And I think she did a little bit more than an eighth of a cup a day. And in about three weeks, the dog was at a good weight. So yeah, the dog might have dropped more weight if she fed it some minuscule amount. But even if you're not causing organ damage, I can guarantee you that you're causing discomfort and there's no need for that. Okay. So if a dog is not getting or a cat is not getting proper nutrition, you know, I know of cats with parasites and who are very underweight and they're eating everything in sight. Um, so if an animal's hungry and uncomfortable, they're going to start chewing things. They're going to start getting into things. So, you know, you might be thinking you're doing your pet a favor, trying to keep them slim so they don't have joint issues and it's healthy and it's blah, blah, blah. Okay. But we don't want to go the other extreme, but it's not always good for your animal, okay? So you really need to learn to use a little common sense there. And as I say, it can cause a lot of behavior issues, uh, including guarding objects, you know, oh, my God, I've got to get this food in my once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, or I've got to start eating weird things because I'm so hungry. Cats and dogs, same thing. So, you know, if your dog's a little bit overweight, that might be something that makes them a little bit calmer, but a little bit doesn't mean a lot. So, you know, again, sometimes people's discernment on this isn't great, but it's something to keep in mind here. Uh, I think we need to go to one more break before the end of the show. So... Welcome back to WTIC's Pet Talk. The show's going to wrap up in about eight minutes. If you call in right now, you can make it into the show at 860-522-WTIC. Or if you don't want to do that, if you do want to talk to me but not on the air, uh, go to my website, www.loryfastdogtraining.com. Anyway, earlier we were talking about um, how a dog's weight or a cat's weight or what you're feeding them can affect not only their health, but their behavior. And just sort of an aside here, um, I'm going to say to you that whatever amount of food a bag of dog food tells you, 
that your pet should be eating is usually wrong, okay? So different dogs have different metabolisms, as do cats, and they're going to eat the most when they're in a rapid growth period. So what might be good for them when they're maybe eight months old, nine months old, once they get to be over a year, they don't need that amount of food anymore. But for whatever reason, the well, I guess I know what reason, the dog food companies will put, this is what your pet should be eating, and it's usually way more than what you your dog needs, and people try to feed that amount and then get worried because their dog isn't eating that amount or their cat isn't eating that amount. Um, but usually it's... The, recommenda- the recommendation of how much your pet should eat that's on a uh, bag of dog food is way more than what your pet actually needs. So just keep that in mind. Um, so anyway, um, one of the things that people have a tendency to do for the sake of convenience is to get some kind of dry kibble and they feed the same thing over and over for years. And, you know, People would like to believe, oh, it's dog food, specially formulated, specially formulated cat food. Well, yeah, it is dog food, specially formulated. But anything that you eat over and over and over and over, even if it's great, which honestly, I think something that's processed down to a pellet, eh, you know, might have started out okay. But by the time you get there, a lot of things have been processed out of it. Um, I don't think it's great for your pet to eat the same thing over and over and over again. Um, I rotate protein sources because one of the most common types of food sensitivities and allergies is to protein sources. Your animal is sensitive to chicken. They're sensitive to beef. If you rotate it around, you're less likely to have a problem like that. And one of the proteins that seems to be in everything is chicken. So you could get a lamb-based food and it's going to have chicken. So if you have an animal who's sensitive to chicken, you really have to read the ingredient list. Um, I remember quite some time ago... Uh, somebody called me with a 10-year-old miniature poodle. And I was told that this dog all of a sudden started acting aggressive. And, you know, I can't even tell you why. I just had sort of a intuition that there was something not right with this dog's food. And again, I ask a lot of questions and I go with my gut. And I said, you know, I asked her what she was feeding, and it was far too long ago to to know, but I'm pretty sure it was a chicken-based food. And I said, and and poodles can have food sensitivities. I guess any dog can, but you know, poodles tend to have allergy problems sometimes, maybe more than other breeds. And I said to her, "Why don't you switch your dog's food?" And I made a recommendation, and it was a lamb-based diet. And she thought I was nuts. (laughs) But once again, I'll often say to people, listen, if I'm suggesting this or you're going to try that, if there's no harm in it, why not try it? If I'm suggesting doing something that's potentially hazardous but might help, well, yeah, maybe we better do a little research. Switching your mini poodle off of a chicken-based to a lamb-based diet – is is not harmful. So with a great deal of skepticism, she decided, yeah, okay, yeah, why not? What have I got to lose? And then I heard from her about a month later, and she told me that her dog was completely different and back to its old self. So what the red flags were, and this is true with any older pet, if your pet is acting a certain way for the, most of their life, now they're an older animal, all of a sudden, they start act they start behaving in ways that are uncharacteristic 
that's usually a sign that there's something physically going on. And again, I don't know exactly why I thought that. And it's not always that easy. I'm not going to say, oh, you have an aggressive dog. Don't feed him chicken. Feed him lamb. That's going to solve the problem. Most of the time, that's not going to solve the problem. Uh, but because this dog was older, because this dog was getting the same food for years and years and years, and just because I had that reaction, just sort of my intuition telling me to suggest that to her, that's what it took. There, it wasn't even a behavior problem. It was a food sensitivity problem. I remember another dog that I was working with much more recently, and this dog uh, was a standard golden doodle, and he had some bad aggression issues and he had some stomach issues and he wasn't eating his food at all and what he was doing was the kids in the family were feeding him bagels uh, sweets uh, and either they give it to him or he'd steal it from them and he was eating pretty much junk food all day long and so then when it was time for him to eat his own food, he wouldn't eat it because he was already full on all this other stuff. And he had some serious digestive upsets as a result of this. And it directly impacted his behavior. He was, he was, he's kind of, he was kind of a sensitive, touchy dog to begin with. But this was enough to just really push him over the edge. And he actually bit a couple of people. And I think a lot of it was because he wasn't eating nutritious food on any kind of regular basis. He would go weeks or more without eating his food. And, you know, again, it took a lot of questioning. They had a busy, big family. A lot was going on. But when we got him off the junk food and got him onto some healthy, nutritious food, it dramatically impacted his behavior. Okay. So, you know, it's important. Don't, Overfeed your dog. Don't underfeed your dog. Make sure that your cat is at a good weight. They are eating healthy foods. Not only is it going to impact their health, it'll impact their behavior. And that's it for today's Pet Talk. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact choose from premium blinds shades and shutters we even have options for your patio too Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.